It's important what we do, and it's important how we do things. It's important that we are creative when we do things. Like, it matters, you know? It matters that we do things well, and we do things with intention and love. You know, it matters to our families and to our friends and to whatever random person, like, we interact with in commerce, too. That's Amanda, mother of three and family caregiver, soulful singer and appreciator of imperfect art when she can seal a couple of hours to herself, that is. Amanda sat down with us to explore melding old and new and what it means to be dipping her toes back in the creative world through interior design with her business, Curate Homes. Now here's Angelica with our weekly chat. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Angelica. Thanks for joining us on Chatty Crafties, a show where I celebrate my creative friends to get inspired by everyday art. We became friends when our girls were in the first grade play Jungle Book. That's right. And you took the lead on set design. The only lead I've ever taken. (laughs) And I was kind of delighted that I did not have to be the lead on it, Mm -hmm. that someone could just tell me what to do. And I was like, yes, I will paint these rocks. I will like put together these palm trees, whatever you need. And I think what was so fun was that it kind of reminded me of being in theater in high school. Like, mm-hmm. you you spend a long amount of time with people that yep. are like-minded um, doing something fun, and so you kind of become fast friends. So we normally start out the episode with a weekly inspiration. Mm-hmm. I'll go first. Okay. Um, I was editing some final photos of our landscape projects today, mm-hmm. and I'm like a year behind on them. Like, it is just kind of this elephant in the room of my thoughts where I just like, no, I need to do it. No, I need to put it on our website for Open Envelope Studio. And when I finally have a chance to dig deep on my to-do list, Mm -hmm. that's really satisfying, number one. But like, there's a sense of closure for that project Mm -hmm. where, you know, you kind of think of the things that went right or wrong and um, what's really nice is I get the, the moment of like, hey, this is something to celebrate. We did it. From concept to completion, yeah. it was really something we should feel like we accomplished. What is your weekly inspiration? Oh, my. I have a sweet friend named Betty who passed on this last week. I'm so sorry. Thank you. She was so awesome. Um, but... Her funeral is tomorrow, and she also her 80th birthday was tomorrow. Oh my god! And there was going to be a party for her, so now the memorial service is going to be a party for her, oh. where everyone gets to share about her. Yeah, and I can't wait because she was so awesome and full of life, and so I just feel like so thankful. And um, I don't know, it's it's an intense thing, but also, you know, the beginning and ending of life. It's just like a. It's, it's also really an inspiring thing. So, I don't know, in, in some weird ways, it feels kind of grounding this week and today to be looking forward to celebrating her and thinking about her tomorrow. You obviously don't want someone to die. Right. But, like, I, I really enjoy weddings mm-hmm. and funerals because mm-hmm. you see people you haven't seen in a while. Yeah. You get to celebrate someone. You get to speak kindly about them and think about all the ways that they've moved you. Yep. So, I can definitely feel mm-hmm. how that would be an inspiration for you. And I'm sorry you've got to go there under those circumstances. Thank That's you. a bummer. So I 
loved all of the work you put into um, getting ready for this episode. Thank you. Um, I... I know that sometimes it's hard to set aside time to like think about yourself and like what brings you joy and how you feel like you make something that makes space in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was really moved by some of the ways that you described what you like to make. And I was listening to your music while reading it and I came to tears. Like mm -hmm. I was just so moved that like I didn't know about the side of you. Like I knew you were creative because you made the set for Jungle Book, and I knew that you, pl like, played music because you invited us to a music party once, but mm -hmm. I didn't really know how good you were, number one. Thank you. It's so fine. I was very impressed. How long have you been singing and playing guitar? Well, singing all my life. Um, my mom was singing all my life, just at home, and I think my love for singing and music I mean, it comes from both my parents, but my mom, especially, we just were always like cleaning, listening to Mahalia Jackson and like old gospel music and old country, uh, Patsy Cline since I was a little kid. So, um, I feel like I've been singing with her and my mom has this like very soulful, like lower than my voice. I have a mm, low voice. Yeah. Like I have an alto, maybe a tenor <laughs> voice and she's like a low awesome voice. And so I've been singing with her all my life, but guitar, um, I kind of started hacking around with guitar, like a little bit in high school and then mostly college. And I'm still very much a hack at guitar. Like, no I'm way, not, girl. Well, it's okay. I'm not like, you know, I'm not trying to pretend to be humble here. Like I'm just, I'm not a guitar player. I can hold my own enough, like to support myself when uh -huh. I'm singing. And I've, there have been seasons where I've needed to support myself by myself, like, to play a show. I've just never put an enormous amount of time into it, so I'm not really much better than I was 15 years ago. Mm, I and, see what you're saying. Yeah, so I just, I would like to get better, but obviously not enough to <laughs> make it happen. It's not been a priority. Well, you have been a little bit busy. Yes, there's a lot going on. You have three kids. Yes. Um, and you had a baby, what, last year? Yeah, right? my baby is 18 months old, so I'm still yes. kind of in it. Yeah. <laughs> You're spending a lot of plates with them. Yes. Um, you know, being a homemaker at your house, taking yeah. care of your mom. Yeah. And um, you and your husband, Graham, do remodels and design. And it sounds like you're diving into that yeah. a lot more, too. Yes, that's a new new professional foray. It's something that is sort of, we've always said, is unofficially in our wheelhouse. But a couple of years ago, we started um, a new company called Curate Custom Homes. And my husband is the one spearheading it since I have a lot of plate spinning. But when I can, I step in um, in a design consultation role, mm -hmm. either making selections if it's a spec home we're building to sell or if we have a client that wants design services. So I'm starting to do that, but he's building, he's doing full on like new construction, large remodel additions. So that's our new thing. So it's yeah. fun. It's a and new plate I'm you're spinning. good at it because Thanks. I've seen y'all's house. Oh, thank you. And that was kind of another thing that we had in common Yes. because Matt has a background in architecture and totally. like we we're talking about building a house in the back that Matt's designing. And so since you guys have already done it, we're like picking your brains every time we're over there and yep. there's like never a shortage of conversation. Oh, about li likewise with the landscaping and your sense of design in your home here, we feel mm. the same way. That's very sweet of 
Vivian. I love that all of these things are seemingly very, very different, but in reality, there is like a common thread that oh, totally. comes through all of them. What do you think that thread is for you? Oh, gosh. Um, just in trying to think about my own life, because I, I don't feel like my creative efforts are at the forefront of my life right now. Mm -hmm. um, although, again, when when you like sit down and pick apart like what you do creatively in a given day or week or month, like even though I'm not getting much sleep because of all my children and there's a lot of things going on, like you have to be creative like to survive. Right. So I, I feel like the thread is that we are beings that we're made to create. So I do feel like some of us are more in touch with that than others and some of us feel like we are going to die if we can't do it more than others. Mm -hmm. You know, it is. It's embedded in all the stuff of life and it's intertwined, right? Like the things we do, the things we say, the things we digest and take in and see and hear and all of it, you know, so. Yeah. And what do you feel like you are able to allot time to right now? Um, I think that, you know, we started talking about my music mm -hmm. at the beginning of this already. Um, and that feels like my deep, like, heart desire of what I want to be doing, but it feels very inaccessible to me often. It's like the most dangerous thing for me to do. <laughs> dangerous <laughs> because, because it's... You're vulnerable? Right. Because it, it is like the riskiest thing. It requires the most vulnerability. It also requires the most time. To be fair, I know anyone who does any sort of thing well has to put time. It has to be a craft. You have to invest time and heart and attention into it. Um, and I wrestle with feeling like I've never done that as much as I should or could. I have... I have friends who are mothers of multiple children who make time for it and I don't right now so I don't know what that is I don't know if that's just mm -hmm. because we're wired differently and I don't have the bandwidth that someone else does because I can't stay up late or you know what I mean or yeah. if it's that I don't I don't care as much as they do but anyway for whatever reason like I don't seem to have a ton of bandwidth for creating new music um Singing, I have to do all the time. It just and I comes do. out of it you. It just comes out, and I've done it all my life, and so I have to do that. I, I can't not do that. And how often do you sing? I mean, I sing every day, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mm -hmm. sing hymns to my children and songs and goofy things. Um, I don't get my guitar out very often, which is telling, too, but I do sing, yeah. And I do manage to sing at church on a monthly basis these days, um, and... In recent years, I've semi-regularly sat down with a group of friends and played music covers and original stuff just like on someone's back porch mm -hmm. for a few hours after the kids are asleep, but that's become less frequent too just because we're all like desperate for sleep, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully that'll come back into play a little more. And then I occasionally get into the studio and record um, on someone else's album, which is mm -hmm. really fun for me. Like that is a huge gift when that comes along. I have a couple of producer friends who call me sometimes when they need a particular voice and they think that mine will be good for the job. So I love doing that kind of thing. I'd love to do more of it. but um, That kind of seems like a nice little reminder, like, oh, yeah, I, I do like to do that. I yeah, do want to set aside time for it. Totally. Yeah, that's inspiring to me. Um, but uh, you asked a straightforward question. I gave you all the, like, negative <laughs> answers, like what I'm not doing. What I do right now when I'm short on time and energy is just anything with my hands. Um, I like to cook and mm -hmm. bake um, I, I often get my little featherweight sewing machine out 
that I've had for 15 years. And Is it the same as mine? No, mine's like a vintage little guy oh. that does one stitch. Oh. And he's like, it's like a little workhorse that I've yeah. had. It's my main machine I've had. I've had a couple others. It was in the picture you sent. Yep, it's mm-hmm. in the picture I sent. Mm-hmm. I love it. I when In college, a friend of, a roommate of mine knew I liked old boxes. Like, I kind of, over the course of several years in college, swapped out, like, any containers I had that were plastic and new with, like, old metal or wood containers or suitcases or whatever. I just was like, yes, I'm, I'm looking at all your little suitcases. Yeah. I was like, why can't everything I keep things in be cool and old? Yeah. It should be. Yeah. And I've gotten lazier in recent years, and now I have a lot of newer stuff, which bothers me. But um, I'm just like, I love interesting containers. Right. I think, you know, if you have to keep things in things, they might be interesting. They Mm -hmm. should be interesting things. Mm -hmm. But this roommate of mine was like, she gave me this box, but it really was a box with a sewing machine in it that she didn't want. And it came from, like, her grandmother. That's a double duty gift. Oh, when she gave it to me, I was like, oh, it's a sewing machine. And it works. And it's incredible. And it's and so I, I care for that little baby all the time. I take it to be serviced once or twice, you know, every year or two. Um, and I just make random stuff on it. I'm total hack. Like You I, taught I, yourself on how I, to do Yeah, it and I think my mom taught me some things. I taught myself. Others have taught me some things. Um, but I am not a seamstress. I mean, I have friends who understand how to read patterns well, and I've like, I've like made my way through some patterns when I was single and had hours on hand. Yeah. But, um, I much prefer just to like make weird stuff. Like costumes? (laughs) Yeah, costumes. Um, after college, a girlfriend and I that lived together started a little clothing line. Mm. Yes. And um, it was really fun. And we sold our stuff. We were shocked that anybody would buy it, but we sold it at um, a store in Austin that's still, like, an awesome little store that's running. And all of a sudden, I can't think of the name. But, yeah, we, we were, like, doing really simple things, like cutting up, big t- cutting up big T-shirts and making them smaller and adding, like, a simple, like, thread line up, mm. you know, or a double thread line up and down the front just for, like, a little detail. Like, yeah. Like, plain white V-neck T-shirts. And we, we were taking, like, men's dress shirts or, yeah, and cutting the sleeves off and making skirts out of them. Oh. But, like, because I'm a hack and I want to, like, save time and I want to do the fun parts but not, like do the buttonholes and all the details. Mm-hmm. I would use like the buttonholes that are already on the sleeves. Oh, sure. To like attach them to each other. You know, yes. that kind of stuff. Yes. And so we, we made these skirts that I'm sure someone else has made at some point <laughs> that aren't that creative, but they look cool and they're interesting. They sometimes fell apart and we were like, <laughs> oh, we've got to get better at our craftsmanship. <laughs> but we sold those little puppies. They were all one of a kind and it was really fun. So we did that for a season. How did you even... Get well, in you there. know, we this little store in South Congress. Parts and Labor. Oh. Do you know Parts and Labor? No. It's so great. Good job remembering. I'm yeah, proud of you. You know, I, so um so my friend Phaedra and I were roommates. We we're both very domestic, very crafty. Yeah. At home. So we, there was like a synergy when we lived together. We like had studio space in our garage and just made stuff. It's fun. Somehow we got to know Lizelle who owned and was operating Parts and Labor in or maybe we just went in there shopping and wore one of our skirts. Oh. And she was like, oh, that's cute, you know? Are y'all making those? We're like, yeah. And she was like, you want to sell them here? And so it just started that way. That's so funny. Yeah, it was a fun little stint. For yeah. how long? Oh, gosh, a year or two? Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like brought, a mini career. Yeah, like a little, yeah, <laughs> we had a business, you yeah. know, we set it up and paid taxes and stuff. I don't think we, like, made any money. Maybe a little <laughs> bit, but but it was really fun. We would just yeah. do goofy stuff like hand warmers and accessories, and we made, oh, my favorite, I just pulled one out, is a hoodlet. It's just like using, you know, the hoodie part of a uh-huh. sweatshirt. With, like, a scarf? With a scarf attached. A hoodlet. Did yeah. you make hoodlets? No, but I have... <laughs> And I have a really strong memory of when I was like three or something. My granny had crocheted me yes. this, where it's just a hood and a I scarf, think, and you like wrap I think it around. Phaedra had a vintage like crocheted one that oh my grandmother gosh. gave her, and we would make like hoodlets. I love that. I wore one recently, and they're kind of awesome. <laughs> we should make some. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so sewing things like that, costumes for kids, like baby gifts, random mobile. Stuff. You said yeah, like. There have been times where I'm like, I'll make a, a mobile, but I don't have very long. I have some fun fabrics. I'll just, like, cut this bird shape out, but I won't try very hard. And here's the thing. I'm, like, a really kind of anal retentive personality. I don't really have an artist's personality. I have, like, a uptight, I need order mm-hmm. and routine, and I need to sleep. Like, I have, I'm, a, I'm that kind of personality <laughs> a little more. I mean, I'm intense emotionally, but, like, I'm, I'm not... Um, gosh, my husband would not say I'm steady. I'm sure he's steady, <laughs> but, um, but I've known and been close to many artists and artists, and I don't feel like I have like a classic artist personality. So all that to say, like in any of my creative efforts, I feel like, you know, being an art major and then trying to make music and having a complex cause I didn't study it. And I was always a hack at music, oh. anything music related. I went to North Texas and half of my friends were jazz studies majors and I just had this complex that I'm not allowed to make music because I don't know what I'm talking about, and they do. Mm-hmm. And it's just taken time to, like, ease out of that. I know, know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and now I'm 41, and I care less and less. And I kind of hope that the more years that pass, and once I don't have tiny children, and I can, like, create more meaningful time to come back to this and try to write or do other things, paint, you know, like, life draw which I love to do Mm -hmm. I'm 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 really hopeful and kind of expectant that I will give less of a shit than I did 10 years ago and we're for sure way less than I did 20 years ago (laughs) yeah which is such a good feeling just to be like it doesn't matter like maybe I'll be able to like just chill out and like get some stuff out of me without editing it the whole time you know Uh what I mean so for some reason when I sew this is one area for me where I just do a really shitty job and and I kind of love it yeah and it's kind of what it needs to be Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. I could meticulously measure things because I loved all my design classes and I'm good at like being anal retentive like I said but when I sew I it's really like great so something really good for my mind and heart just to be like oh it's good enough mm-hmm. and it's like really crooked and mm-hmm. I just like cut it and then I'm like oops that's weird how that worked out <laughs> so like one time I made a mobile for a friend's baby and in my mind I was like I'll make it with little weird birds but like I cut the shapes out really fast and then like I stitched them and they look like kind of blob animals <laughs> and then I was like I kind of love it I don't know what they are but like it's, I don't know so it that's, taps into something in you that you don't like come out very often I guess yes and it's so important so it's something I really need to sit down and do if I'm really overwhelmed and stressed and I've had too much on my plate for weeks on end sometimes I do just get the sewing machine out when I can muster three hours Mm -hmm. and like 
let the dishes in the house go crazy and the children watch a little bit too much screens mm-hmm. one day and then for like three hours I'm just working on some random project yeah. you know that I just decided to do and didn't overthink and I just start it and I can't do that every day because I really need order in my life but when I do it it, it does it releases something in me that really needs to happen oh my gosh it's like looking in a mirror I'm so serious yeah and especially with sewing too because I'm not I don't really think about patterns that often kind of after the fact I'm like oh this probably would have been a lot easier if I had had a pattern but yeah like I just kind of cut and measure and like start sewing and I'm like well this is probably good enough fine yeah Yeah. like it's it's going to be a blanket for someone and they're not going to like really care about the stitches that overlap and like the fabric that bunches thread got bunched up yeah the tension is kind of weird sorry you get this yeah yeah like you you have my handprint in here that's right yeah yeah it's good and I I get that feeling of like I've got to carve away a little bit of time uh-huh. and just let things fall to the side yes. and just kind of focus inward yes. and like, I don't know, it like releases a little bit of pressure. Yes, man, I hope the more I mature, the more I just do that more regularly. I think it'd be good. It'd be good for my kids too. Yeah. The, the more I could just like chill out. and. That's so funny that you say that because my perception of you is not that you're uptight at all. Oh man, I, I think I've probably masked it better and better the older I've gotten for other people. I don't even think I'm doing that on purpose, but... There's something very certain about you. You know what you want. Mm. You know how you want it done. And you can kind of delegate. Mm. Where you're like, this, please just do this. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, Thanks. so, yeah, I could totally see how your business is going <laughs> to just do so well with you. We'll see. Yeah, I believe in it. The pictures were gorgeous. Oh, thank you. It is fun. I'm I'm ex- I'm grateful to have the opportunity to get my hands on some things. Yeah. And nervous, but you know, whatever. <laughs> the pictures afterwards, you can just be like, "Well, look, this is what I've done and Right. Here it is. Clients are living in it and it's kind of yep. like you're a surrogate for them. You're like, "Here, I've I've made this for you. Yep, yep. I have gestated it. Please take care of it." You know, our, our company name, Curate, um, mm-hmm. which probably everybody's going to think is Curate. I did. Which is fine. I mean, we're not snobs that are like, it's Curate, not Curate. <laughs> we, we're like fully aware that it's probably not a good idea to have a name like that, or it can be pronounced a couple ways. <clears throat> but, um, and it works either way. But <clears throat> the reason Graham selected it is because he read what a Curate is. Hmm. And this is a person in the church that is the caretaker of souls. Oh. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And it, it struck a chord with us because we feel like almost defensive that if we're going to make homes, like we do not want to do a shitty job. Mm-hmm. Like 90% of people who are just trying to, I don't know, fly through something to make the most money they can on it. And I don't, I don't want to be arrogant here either as if like we're high and lofty because sure. we're going to, you know, but on the other hand, like I do think attention to detail and caring and, and just having thought for who's going to live in the space and is it livable you know and can there be like life and community that happens in a place yeah like these are things that we want to think about you mm-hmm. know we want it to be like a life-giving space inside and out you know yeah. so i don't know i'm just thinking about your question about how all these things interact together i mean i think there is like a deep connection you know with everybody yeah. and everything and not to be all spiritual and weird about it but I don't know. It's important what we do, and it's important how we do things. It's important that we are creative when we do things. Like, it matters, you know? It matters that we do things well, and we do things with intention and love. 
you know, matters to our families and to our friends and to whatever random person, like, we interact with in commerce, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, who might be buying or selling or doing, it just matters. So it's just, it's neat to think about finding ways to be thoughtful and creative. Yeah, because they put your, their trust in you. Yeah. They, they hope that they are being cared for. Yeah. And to be able to say, yes, of, of course I am. Like, I couldn't do anything less than that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really amazing that you're thinking about it ahead of time. And that is, like, the basis for mm-hmm. your company. There's all sorts of ways in this life and whatever you're doing. And you'll understand this in, um, in your work, too, with landscape design and other creative pursuits you have that you have to be a creative problem solver and sometimes you have to figure out how to do something more efficiently Mm -hmm. without like quote unquote cutting corners and making something crappy you know yeah one of my clients was saying like a little bit of wabi-sabi yeah what that's no it does it does matter like things are not going to be completely perfect Mm -hmm. I mean yeah. So or it won't be accessible to everyone. That's right. Because yeah. they don't want you to spend like 10,000 hours on like a bench. That's right. They want to be able to afford it so they know that there are going to be some fingerprints on it. That's right. I do want to talk a little bit more about your music. So I'm sure. going to have a moment to okay. play this. Great. Why don't you play Minnie Catherine? Every side old and low I collect in my microscope from the safety of my room armored needle knife and spoon I have offered a pleasant face hoping pleasantries translate Stuffing grief like food when I'm able underneath the kitchen table. Oh, oh. This is a song I wrote about a great aunt of mine who was like a grandmother to me. I mean, it's a it's a sad story, but something I think that everybody can relate to just a lot of longing and heartache and waiting and when my dad was in elementary school and high school his aunt Katie always lived in their home with them and she was probably approaching 40 and was for sure considered like a spinster by that point Uh she wasn't married um but she was this like awesome loving interesting creative lady but aunt Katie um my dad just remembers that she was always around and kind of a second parent to him because his mom was sick for so long. She kind of raised him from when he was a tiny baby. And then my dad also grew up in Oak Cliff going when he was like seven, eight years old to this hobby shop that was just like a little boy's dream because they had all these um, hobby trains. Anyway, it was just like a wonderland for a little boy. And he'd go in there and this man ran the shop that was this quirky dude named Luther. He was just this weird older guy that loved all these hobby things and uh-huh. loved trains in particular. And so my dad would go in there and he knew the guy from going in there. And then like one day, Aunt Katie brought that guy home. Like they met and fell in love. <laughs> How old? I feel like in her 40s. Oh, maybe. yeah. Maybe I have it like, wrong. Nowadays, that's totally, totally normal. Totally not a big deal. But, but like was, back was then. Was a big deal then. Yeah. 
And, and uh, you know, and they didn't have any money to go do their own thing. So the whole family lived in a two-story house. So what they did was the main family moved downstairs and they gave Katie and Luther the upstairs and they like put a lock on the door so they could like start their life together. And so they were happy for a few months and in love. And then like dad just said, he started to notice Luther would like stumble and drunk and oh. Katie would like sneak him upstairs. Things just kind of went downhill fast. Oh. Like maybe there was a lot we didn't know about yeah. him, you know, and Katie was just sort of like trying to make things work and I don't know. Anyway, but I don't think it was more than a year or two that they were together. And then one day he just disappeared and, um, and they were married. Like she had a ring on her finger, which is the ring that, that Graham that oh, I have, it's my wow. wedding ring was hers. Um, but he left and no one ever heard from him or saw him ever again. He what disappeared like out of thin air. And then when my dad was like in his twenties, so maybe 15 years later or something, he was in Fort Worth at the train station mm. and he did a double take and he's like pretty certain that Luther had become a train conductor. What? Like he started a new life. But, like, he never told Katie. She never remarried. She was single all of her life, and she lived with my grandparents and, like, cooked every meal and baked fresh bread and, like, made a million quilts and, like... Yeah. And just, like, took care of everybody until she died. Um, Sweet little thing. It was just a sweet little thing. But she just lived this life of, of, like, waiting and this Mm -hmm. quiet... So I wrote this song about her, Minnie Catherine. But aesthetically, I, I like the song because I feel like in the same way in, in the physical world around me and the things that I like in my spaces and the things I like to create, I like old things because I feel like I want to be tethered hmm. to the past. Not just the past. I want to live in the present, but like I feel like there is for sure a connectivity, you know, among all people. And so like I want to know where I came from and mm-hmm. where we're heading. And so I don't know, it just is important to me and comforting to me, old things for that reason. Is that why you put so much time into the baby books for your kiddos? Is Totally. Yeah, I that think so. That same kind of like, instead of just buying a baby book that's like off the shelf and you just like fill in the stuff, you were making each yes. page because surely that's what they did back then where it's like, here's a picture and here's a story uh, and yeah. here's the yeah. family tree and yeah. know, these like yeah, pieces of history. So. I mean, part of that too is just that being an art major, I love, like, good paper, and mm-hmm. and I didn't say this when we talked about sewing, but really more than sewing fabric, I like stitching on paper. What and kind so of paper do you use? I use, like, a, a cold-press watercolor paper. Would that be a 90-pound, or do you know your papers? My mother knows her Yeah, papers. and I like torn paper, just from oh, doing design sure. classes and stuff. I always love, like, a deckled edge. So I like to tear down the paper, and then, you know, I had I had a bunch of printmaking classes in college. I've done an internship in town years ago, and and part of that kind of starts melding into the whole bookmaking world. So um, I've dabbled in that as well. And so I think just having an interest in bookmaking and, and yeah. a high-quality paper oh, and stitching yeah. paper, I love... I love printmaking and I love stamps, so I've accumulated over the years all these, like, random stamps, like, tiny letterpress stamps that were mm-hmm. intended for a mach- for machine use, and, like, I like little bitty tiny lettering, and it's painstaking, but you can see I, I stamp, like, I have... One letter at a time, Yeah, one, and one letter at, and... Yeah, so that's kind of fun. I like that. I just think it's neat and interesting, and I like that the letters look like... 
um, drawings. Yeah, and then you have yeah, so it's road. kind of yeah, it's kind of vintagey and um, I mean it's not all that cool. Some of it. Is, Stop. It is really cool. I'm but very it's fun. This is this is Edie's. It's bound already. So oh. again, again, I'm kind of a hack. Like I tore down the paper the wrong dimension, and then I had to like restitch it together in places. But How that's kind of what I like about it. Yeah. Is so that you bound. I bound it, and I can't remember it how to bind it. <laughs> so I need to have someone show me how to bind the, yeah. the second and third one because I like met a bookmaker that was repairing something for me, and I was like, hey, can you give me some tips real quick? And she yeah. like gave me some some of the stuff I needed. So yeah, Edie's is the only one that's bound. Oh yeah, that's the family tree piece, which doesn't make a ton of logical sense, but I think my goal was to add some siblings in here, even mm -hmm. though that's not really how it should be. Mm -hmm. So see, I have siblings to add now. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if we would, but we do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and here's all the... <laughs> oh, this is so cool! Here's all the contraction times. <laughs> oh, I love that you saved that. So there's a lot of fun random stuff. You know, there's I made a place for letters and stuff in the back. Oh, you are inspiring me. I keep finding totally random I things mean, from them being infants, where oh, it's like girl. the umbilical cord clamp. Yes, so or like, just put it in one baggie for now. And yes. And like makes the thing. I know. I. You should poor, have a workshop. Poor Lyle and poor Ames. Yeah, I just they, it's, it's they have piles. Oh, it's classic. Like Ames has very little. In oh yeah, he's I've got to. I've got to work Sweet on it. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah, we should do a workshop. I'd totally do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, and then we could like Wouldn't make it? some progress on it. Because mm -hmm. like I don't know if you can see under there. I have a Tupperware that's basically just baby books with just crap stuffed in them. I don't think yeah. anything is filled out. But oh great. Then with how things are. Um, tethered to the digital world, it's easy to find information yes. on like the exact date and time right. and like totally. weight and all that stuff that I might not have written down by hand, but like can find yeah. out. Well, and I must admit, I am jealous of friends who've been organized enough to like order their digital books of all their photos of mm. the first year of their kids. I think it's awesome. But I, on the other hand, yeah. like I kind of want to touch every page mm -hmm. and and like stitch a crappy uneven stitch on yeah, it yeah. you know just because it's i think it's going to be so meaningful it. later oh they're gonna love it yeah they're absolutely so. gonna love it so how do you find these fabrics are they just things oh, that you've kept I, yeah away? i'm looking at your fabrics and i have something similar in my laundry room i just have a ton of scraps of things that mm -hmm. over the years i've accumulated either vintage or like new things all sorts of random stuff those are awesome thanks what are some other less obvious achievements that should be on your creative resume? Oh. <laughs> I loved you, the answers you gave in the email. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that came to mind was birthing children. And, um, gosh, I have to say that this is not a plug for, like, natural childbirth or <laughs> any particular way of doing it because it's just incredible... I mean, the threshold between this crossing over into life. Yeah. When a, when a person comes through, it's just nuts. It's amazing. It's incredible privilege to be part of it, right? If you're yeah. a man or a woman, like, yeah. to be around. But it's incredible to be a woman that that's happening in your body and through it. Um, and then I have been blessed that, for me, labor and deliveries have gone the way that my bot that they're intended to. Yeah. Which is never a guarantee, right? Right. Um, you just have to go in 
and hoping you for just the best. have to hope. And I've been fortunate to have really straightforward labor and deliveries for all three of my kids. And as a result, I've been able to like engage and be present and, mm-hmm. and have kind of ideal circumstances. I mean, it's never like fun. Yeah. It's it, kind it, of, it doesn't feel kind of awesome. good. Yeah. But the, the only reason of, you go through it is because of that awesomeness of bringing life forth. It is it is awesome. And when you can, to the extent that you're able to engage and participate in it, it really is incredible, like, what the body can do. So I do feel like, um, you know, they're certainly not my creation, those children, or my oh, husband's. I mean, they came, I mean, they are, they're coming through us, you know? And I, I'm humbled by that, I feel like. You were the vessel. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I probably don't act like that. I probably act like they're mine, you know? I probably always will wrestle with that. But I, to be sure, they are they are gods. They're not mine. <laughs> um, there's a direct connection between them and their god. Not, you know what I mean? But I think what I wrote to you is that... Um, it's right here. Yeah. Let me look at that. I'd rather do that. Yeah. I mean, labor and delivery is such an awesome art form. And it combines all of my favorite things. Um, taking deep, seemingly unbearable pain, enlisting the help of God, all the resources and the creativity that you have, submitting to the wave of this thing that's so much bigger than you that's just going to, like, really the only way through is, like, underneath it, is to mm-hmm. just, like, lay down and let something roll over you, yeah. which is ter- can be so terrifying, not just in childbirth, but really in anything in life that's painful, right? Yeah. Like, the most intense things... You're just like desperate to move around them, but you have to go through them. Oh God. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's, that is just, that's just the truth. Like, yeah. And so when you're finally at that place where there is just no way to go around and you just relinquish and you just like, it's kind of a miracle when it happens. I feel like. Yeah. You like, can't believe you did this thing or you or you let go of it or something Mm -hmm. or you didn't do it you know what I mean like that's what's so incredible about childbirth is that it just is absurd that that child comes out of you and you just think this every time it's like there is just no way this is going to happen like yeah (laughs) totally (laughs) but also but also you you start I mean for me the second and third it didn't feel any easier and I you knew it was coming I knew it was coming but also I was like you know what? I don't feel like this is possible, but I know it will happen anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it's so awesome to just get to pre- to practice just like kind of submitting to something that you cannot control, you yeah. know? And it's really good for me because I try to control everything in my life. Oh, so it's, in, yeah. and it's, and I mean, this is so related to all art making, I feel like, yeah, or doing anything creative that's vulnerable, that requires something of you, you know, like to really to enter into something scary like you have to let you have to let go of that control so I don't know yeah that's long-winded but I feel like that's what's so awesome about um birthing children (laughs) (laughs) you didn't think that'd be my answer did you no but yeah but then on the other on the other side of it right there is this suffering and this pain but it yields this life yeah and that's that's incredible like that's so worth it every time yeah Definitely. And for our listeners, I also had uh, two natural childbirths. So I really, I know what you're talking about where like 
I went into it thinking like, well, I'm, I'm doing this for X, Y, and Z. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, I've told myself this is what I want to do mm-hmm. and I've like pictured it a certain way and like my mom had me naturally. And so it was just kind of like, well, of course I could do this. So yeah. I want to do it. And again, nothing against anyone that had to have an epidural or like oh, any, anything I mean, to get that any, baby out. Any way you get through it is an incredible feet and requires this of you yes yeah but if if you've had a natural childbirth it is something huge mm-hmm. um I kind of think it's the same way if you've been through a trauma like mm-hmm. there yeah. is something huge that you have come up against and I loved what you said about like going under it you know going through it like that is that's mm-hmm. exactly right yeah yeah, so thank you for sharing that. Sure. What inspires you to play music? Hmm. Do you have anything that kind of comes oh, to mind? Well, I mean, I don't know what inspires me to play it, everything, everything, but what inspires me to write, which I don't do very often, but yeah. I, I have to be reading, mm-hmm. which is something I learned early on. I have to have time. I have to be, like, reading good literature. Do you read, like, right before bed, or...? I mean... The last decade, I just, like, read very intermittently. Mm-hmm. Often not before bed, because I'm falling asleep when I hit the pillow. That's what I do. I read to go to sleep. Yeah. I mean, I, I would probably get, like, a minute and a half. <laughs> so, I don't know when I read. It's not it's not daily right now. Um, but I'm starting to carve out more time. It feels really good. And it's good to read stories and fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's, like... I don't know. There's so much life there. Um, so reading all kinds of things, but yeah, I think I read a lot of nonfiction in my weirdly in my like teen and early college years, hmm. and then I discovered that I just love fiction, and I was like, oh gosh. Um, yeah, the times I have written songs, which I don't know how to write songs, even though I've written some. Do you write the lyrics first or the music? I don't know. <laughs> I almost don't remember. I mean, I think sometimes I'll have a melody line in my head and I'll have some sort of concept, but it really is truly a mystery to me how some of the things have come out of me. And they, it also feels like something that's not of me. And I'm not trying uh-huh. to, I'm not trying to make my stuff loftier than it is. That sounds like a bunch of BS. Um, I've often connected it to like feeling possessed. You're like, where did that even uh-huh. come from? But it had to come out, and it just happened right. to come out through you. And just like other things we're talking about tonight, I feel like because I so often like maintain control and order in my life, maybe that's why it's so difficult for me to get into a place to write because mm-hmm. it's so diff- It's so hard for me to get into a space where there is enough space for me to just like flow or for anything to come out of me it's all locked in you know so reading and thinking and praying and having time and journaling and stuff things I used to do um that I would like to pick up again um with intention uh, all really help over time to unlock that but yeah for sure sometimes I'll have a line or two that feels very meaningful to me but I almost can't explain what it means yet and Mm -hmm. then over time I can unpack it and Mm -hmm. develop it you know Mm -hmm. Um, I found a piece of a song today that I forgot I wrote and I and I never finished it and I'm like oh like it's interesting to me and it's meaningful so I might pick it up again but it's probably been like 12 years since I started it you know funny it's like frozen in time yeah or like you still and I hear musicians say that all the time but 
let's be clear here. I'm not like all these musicians who <laughs> really have put the time and energy in. It feels like you've put the time and energy into a lot of things. Yeah, I do feel like I've lived a life and I'm trying to be engaged in life. Yeah. And there's something to be said for that. But there's something to be said for all the grind that people go through and all the humbling, you know, like yeah. and all the hard work and all the shitty first drafts and 50th drafts and you know so I I just that's all really humbling to me and I think it's okay to want to do something just because it relieves a little bit of sure. pressure and tension in your yeah. mind or letting your shoulders relax like you said yeah, you we, like to do it we, we do not have to compare ourselves to one another we can yeah. just like do this thing and yeah. do it to the best of our ability in this time and space. and Yeah, it's yeah. like the act for what we get out of it as opposed to the act of someone, um, you know, feeling like it's really inspired and should be put on a, right. the radio. Right, what it or means like, to someone else. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's also... Man, I'm hoping that's also a secret that I grasp more and more the older I get, you know, <laughs> just that it really does not matter, like I should just make it, whether anyone hears it or not, you know, yeah. I should put it out there. Definitely. I think that's what I, I feel like this podcast I'm, I'm trying to celebrate, that like yeah. we don't have to be professional artists, we just have to feel like good about this thing, like for some reason we're drawn to a craft of yep. some sort or multiple crafts and mm-hmm. it pulls something out of us mm-hmm. and just whatever you know, is being yanked kind of outside of our control that yep. we're sharing with everyone that feels important. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very thankful that you kind of delved into this with me. Oh, good. Me too. Yeah. yeah it's, been, it's been a fun process. Good. I'm, I'm grateful also. Thanks for, thanks for um, prodding me and uh, yeah. giving me an opportunity to sit and think about it. It's been, it's been good. Yeah. I think that, um, <laughs> You know, it might be kind of in passing that you talk about, like, oh, I'm kind of interested in this, or, you know, in another lifetime I did this other thing, but I like putting people on a pedestal so they have a chance to really talk about it, like, more so than they've talked about it Mm. in a while, because there could be, like, a party version of the story, and, uh, like, really lengthy, like, oh, God, breaking it apart, why do I do that? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm very pleased that you sat down with me and I like any excuse to hang out with you so uh, likewise it's a pleasure <laughs> this is fun let's do it again without the recording devices we'll yeah. just hang out and talk yeah that sounds really good and we can make baby books and That's right. it'll be awesome how does faith play into your creativity and I've never asked that before on this yeah. podcast and I feel like it's something that you kind of say freely and um hmm. kind of in our house we don't talk about that much and yeah. um, sometimes I can be really intimidated by people who are so like open about their faith and Fair being enough. religious but like you have always been so kind of like cool about it oh, that I, I'm i kind of interested about like how having faith um, pulls something out of you or inspires hmm. you. Okay that's good such a good question. One simple thought is just that I do think as people we were created in the image of God to create. If you were to give yourself a title for your creative identity, what would your title be? Oh gosh, that's a that's a big request. Let's let's keep it a little simpler. Just my title for right now. This sure. evening. It's goofy. Yes. Um I was thinking about heartfelt hackster. Yeah. Because I feel like I just kinda with my whole heart, um, but with a lack of time and sometimes 
lack of skill. <laughs> I just go at something, and I'm a bit of a hack at it. But anyway. Oh, well, thank you, Amanda. I appreciate you sitting down with me. And thanks to our listeners. We hope you'll stay tuned for more episodes of Chatty Crafties. By the morning, All of this episode's music was by our guest, Amanda Davidson, and was hosted and produced by Angelica Norton. The intro and outro were by me, Matt Norton, right here at Open Envelope Studio. Stop on over to chattycrafties.com to find more on this episode and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. would be much appreciated. Now don't forget to give yourself a moment and go make some art. Wonder when it's strong hair.